Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm Gentry Estes, Tennessean sports columnist alongside... Troy Kiel, sports reporter for the Tennessean covering the Titans. And we are reviewing a 31-10 victory for the Titans today uh, in Jacksonville. I'm, I'm in Jacksonville, back from the, uh, the stadium. It was a gorgeous 70-degree sunny day right here by the beach and. uh Pretty uh, relaxing performance, I think, for the Titans, too. They, they took care of business in a way they seldom have this season, uh, getting an early lead. Uh, Drake, I felt like it was the Titans' most complete performance of the season, with the exception of maybe the Bills game, in terms of what they were able to do. Uh, all the stars showed up offensively. The defense played a good bit better. Special teams made a positive contribution. You know, you expect – a win like this against a team like Jacksonville, but with the Titans, you never know. They came out and played well. And, of course, everyone knows that Mike Vrabel is going to be Mike Vrabel, but if there was one thing that was probably uncharacteristic in a positive way would be the trickery, would be the trick plays. Of course, you you go with Jeremy McNichols to go for it on that fourth down uh, later in that first half, which didn't go to to plan. But, obviously, Amani Hooker on a fake punt, to get the first down, which obviously it's saying it seemed like it was more of a momentum shifter for the Titans or more of a confirmation that it was going to be the Titans taking hold of this game early on. And then, of course, you know, obviously they, they, they've got an offense that not only clicked on all cylinders, but you're spreading the ball around. Obviously, Derrick Henry with his 215 yards, uh, breaking that 1500 yard total for this season, um, also passing Chris Johnson for the most touched or third in touchdowns in franchise history uh, going over the 50 mark, I believe is at 51 now, but we also see what happened with AJ Brown and he gets seven snags for 112 yards, which is more of a response to not what we saw in week 13 against the Browns, but more of what we saw in week 12 against the Colts. So he, he got back on track and also Jeff Swain, which was someone who I'm sure maybe many Titans fans probably don't know in terms of, catching the ball he's more of a you know what everyone likes to describe as an inline blocker somebody who want to make sure he seals the edge for Derek Henry to run off of but he scores a touchdown and in Tannehill you know throws him the ball so uh, to be able to have the distribution that the Titans did especially in the first half that was kind of like what the Browns did to them last week and Jeff Swaim also a former Jaguars player and that fact wasn't wasn't overlooked in the press box during the game <laughs> that he was, he was contributing the way he was. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned with Derrick Henry, look, everybody knows this with the Titans. When he gets out there and he gets 8.3 yards a carry, it's going to be a long day for you, for your defense. Uh, because you, you know, you know, he gets 26 carries today. That's about right. You know, it's going to be in that range. And it just looked, you could see it coming Drake early in the game because they're about the second quarter 
late in the first half, there were a couple of plays where, all right, there's space at the line. Henry's one or two tackles away from, from getting loose, you know, that, and you, it was similar to what it looked like a couple of weeks ago in Indianapolis where the, they figured something out against this defense and they're not going to solve it. And sure enough, uh, Derek ends up breaking a long touchdown right before halftime. And I, I think, you know, it's pretty much over from there. I, I don't think, look, I, you know, Jacksonville is the kind of team that at this point they're looking at draft position. You know, it's probably bad for them to win games at this point, being a one-win team, you know, sitting there hoping that the Jets mess up and win one along the way. But, um, you know, for the Titans, this the Jags have been playing some teams close. They played the Titans close in week two. And I think, you know, the Titans have been very good all season at keeping teams in games to where it comes down to the end and they have to make plays. They've been very good at making those plays. They're a clutch team. But I, I think it was really good for them today to have – a game that wasn't like that, uh, an experience that was a little bit easier. You get Logan Woodside in, you get to clear the bench a little bit. Everybody's feeling a little bit better about things because, you know, it just seemed like every game this year, you kind of go in and we'll sit here on these podcasts and, and, and talk about something that didn't go well. It's hard to see something that didn't go well today. Um, you know, that's what you would hope. It was a get well game coming down here to Jacksonville and uh, they, they got well. Yeah. And a couple of things to note and just in terms of, the personnel that we're talking about here, uh, obviously. Well, before we even get to that, first and foremost, you know, with Jacksonville and this offense, which was initially led by Mike Glennon, obviously he got pulled in the third quarter, as we saw, and Gardner Minshew made his return after being out since week seven um, or not having played since week seven. Um, you're talking about a Titans defense that held this Jaguars offense to five for 14 on third down, which, of course, is – slightly or for some maybe severely lower uh, in terms of percentage that this Titans defense let up and mind you you know Kenny Vaccaro was out with an illness undisclosed but was designated that it was not COVID-19 related we also have Breon Borders with that hip injury who was ruled out on Friday Noah Dory Jackson who is yet to make his debut in 2020 you've also got you know Ty Smith coming in you allow him to to pretty much go on the opposite side of Malcolm Butler. And they shut down. It was Keelan Cole uh, and a couple of other receivers who, you know, they started pretty hot, actually. um, But that was pretty much handled for the second half. And so this team had a little bit more of an improvement factor to it that I think was unexpected on my part. I didn't expect that those guys to – not saying that Mike Glennon was going to throw for, you know, 250 yards, but – I certainly thought that maybe James Robinson might get involved in the passing game because, you know, the Titans defense was certainly going to key in on him in the running game. Uh, But, hey, credit to them, as you mentioned, get well game. It seemed like it was a get well game, especially for that Titans secondary. Yeah, I felt like the defensively, I thought the Titans dominated up front a little more than maybe in the past. They were able to get a little bit better pass rush because of that. Um, you know, James Robinson's a good back and he got loose for a long run, but other than that, he really didn't do much today. And it's hard for the Jaguars really to, to start getting going offensively when he's not. Um, and I think, I I do wonder, you talk about Minshew, I wonder why they're not playing him. I mean, I've kind of wondered that even before this game, I felt like he came in and played a little better than Glennon, but you know, look, this is a, this is a Jags team that's in a bad way. And, you know, the Titans are, 
are a team that still have an awful lot to play for. You know, mm-hmm. a, a playoff team shouldn't be coming down here and losing this game. But I think that, you know, to win it the way they did, you're nine and four. It, it, it's another winning season for sure. And now they have everything in front of them with three, three weeks to play. Uh, and two of those three games are against the Lions and the Texans, both very winnable games. Uh, if you look at how those teams are performing right now, they going to Green Bay could be pretty tough in late December. But uh, those other games, I mean, I think 11 and five isn't just possible at this point. I think it's likely. And, um, you know, you'd like to win the division. You'd like to host a first playoff game. Th- these are the kind of things that are going to be talked about now. Had they stubbed their toe down here, then I think it would have been alarming in a way that few things have so far this season because it would have continued some of the struggles from the Cleveland game. That first half of that game was alarming uh, the way that went. This wasn't today. They, they played very well. They, they got what they wanted out of their offensive players. Their defense was, was quite a bit better. Not, not a lot really that we learned or left to say about this particular game, except the, um, you know, the Titans came down here, they got the job done and, you know, now nine and four with, uh, with everything still out in front of them. Yeah, I think it's just fulfilling expectations for the Titans. Uh, if we were to talk about you know, how this win helps them in, within the division, right? You talk about division head-to-head games, and you know, the Colts, you know, they're currently playing the Raiders right now. Obviously, not a division game. It's a conference game, but not a division game. But still, the Titans have the division tiebreaker over the Colts, hence them keeping their first-place spot in the AFC South the Titans. Now keep in mind, as you talked about, you know, the Titans going up against the Lions next week, one of next week, one of the worst teams in the league in terms of defensively, you know, five and seven record, but uh, you know, you're talking about a team who Titans offense is probably not thinking, you know, how are we going to stop them? Now, of course, as you mentioned, the Packers, and then in week 17, they got the Texans, the Colts are a little bit different. You know, they do have, I think, uh, equal expectation and probably going two and one in this three game stretch. You, you got to take a look at, they play two division games. So they play Houston, but then they have to go to Pittsburgh and then they also go up against Jacksonville. So you might hope if you're a Titans fan, want Jacksonville and this Gardner Minshew team to probably play spoiler alert. And they probably can do, you know, if you talk about how they've gone up against teams in the AFC, like the Cleveland Browns, um, probably the one team in the AFC that the Jacksonville Jaguars probably struggled with is probably the clear loss against the Steelers, arguably one of the best teams in the league. So if you're the Titans, I mean, I don't think any pressure has been alleviated with this win at all. I actually think that the pressure stays the same, whether it's internal or external. I still think that it's there for them to win and probably go two and one in these final three games. Yeah. I don't think the Colts are going to be losing to the Jags. And here's why the the difference right now, with the Titans is the fact that the Colts lost to Jacksonville in week one in, in, in Jacksonville. And that was the only for, win for the Jacksonville the only, Jaguars. Yes, this year. yes. The Jags have yet to win again. And so I think the Colts will probably be uh raring to go to, to play this team again in its current, uh, current form. Winning at Pittsburgh could be pretty tough for the Colts though. So yeah, I, I, I think, if I had to say it right now, both those teams are kind of lined up pretty well for, for two and one, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll see where the, yeah, you got the lions coming in. It's look, it's the NFL. If you don't play well, you can lose any, any, any week. So I, I think the Titans are, 
this was a, a this was a good, well timed performance for them to just get some confidence back. And you know, the Browns. Well, what happened in that game was the Browns kind of blindsided them. They, 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 they blindsided really, the world, actually. I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, they, of... they, and they slapped them in the face. Really, I mean, they, <laughs> the first half of that game, it was. I mean, you know, that was the kind of thing that can shake your confidence as a team to just get beat that that way at home for just a couple of quarters. And I think they did get some confidence back before that game ended by making a little bit of a run, but, but to, to play well today and uh, get that kind of win, I, I think that's uh, that bodes well for them here in the next few weeks. So uh, I guess that'll do it for this edition of talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google play, wherever it is you get your podcast, drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. Drake Hills, I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.